Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're all having an absolutely fantastic day today. Hope you guys are ready for a great weekend and another great show here at Health from sponsored by healthmasters.com. Thank you again for your continued support of our company, continuing to get the highest quality supplements you can get, along with getting the truth out there to everyone in the world. And for sure, be sure to check out the um, magnesium brain food for vote for product of the week next week. It looks like it's going to win. And also, too, the current sale product, the Muscle Blast formula on sale right now. Be sure to check that out if you're into exercise or fitness and maintaining lean muscle mass. Great product for you. And if you guys know the 12 days coupon, that's uh, active today for the super potent E, the 12 days, one, two, D-A-Y-S. That'd be good again for 24 hours on the vitamin E. So be sure to stock up on that if you want to grab some of it. And one of the first things that I looked at here, and you know, we've talked about (laughs) this topic for years. Dad's talked about it for decades on statins and what they actually do to the body and how those drugs were never actually designed originally to be used long-term. They were used for individuals that were usually morbidly obese that needed to get their cholesterol down quickly because, you know, they were running around 350, 400, you know, cholesterol levels from their horrific diet. And so those drugs were designed to be an experiment essentially to see if they could lower cholesterol quickly. They were never designed to be used what they're used for now. It was crazy. This article just came out and it said, for decades, statins have been heralded as the reliable heroes in the battle against heart disease, which is a leading cause of death in the United States and globally. However, this seemingly flawless reputation has been called into question many a times. It says here the review that was stu- uh, published in Clinical Pharmacology suggests statins act as mitochondrial toxins, impairing muscle function in the heart and blood vessels by depleting coenzyme Q10 and antioxidant cell use for growth and maintenance. Multiple studies show statins inhibit COQ10 synthesis, leading many patients to have to take even additional more supplements just to maintain decent levels. Vitamin, or so CoQ10 is vital for producing ATP, the cell's fundamental energy carrier. What's interesting, the study, another study that was published in Biophysical Journal linked reduced ATP to heart failure. Another 2008 study published in Biofactors reaffirmed that statins and CoQ10 link as well. They evaluated 50 statin patients for side effects like fatigue and muscle pain, all then stopped statins and supplemented for CoQ10 for 22 months on average and decreased pretty much almost all side effects. Statins also shown in another study to deplete vitamin K, raising heart calcification risk. Physicians overlooked statins as a driver of heart failure based on emerging evidence on the statins' potential cardiac downsides. The author of the new review warns that physicians in general are not aware that statins are actually causing heart failure and are clearly not recognizing it. He said these doctors readily diagnose heart failure in statin users. They attribute to factors like age, high blood pressure, arterial disease. However, they do not address what the drug is actually doing. So with over a million annual heart failure hospitalizations in the United States, the condition is often referred to as an epidemic, and it may be that statin drug therapy is a major contributing factor, according to the review. So <laughs> this is sad. It really is sad because I've told you guys for years, I've had customers come in, listeners come in, you know, emails, phone calls with healthy guys. I mean, healthy adult men, you know, in their 40s, 30s, you know, 50s, and they come in and they say, dude, I was, don't know what to do. You know, I was feeling really good. I've been really athletic. And I went to the doctor's office and my cholesterol was at 205. And they freaked out. 
told me I had to go on statins immediately. I had to preemptively go on statins or else I was basically going to die at any point in time from a heart attack. And I looked at my blood panels and looked at my blood pressure, and he goes, I feel great. The doctor said, no, Adam, you got to go on statins right now. got to do it. You don't want to die, do you? guy goes, well, okay, fine. I'll go get on statins. goes on statins. Within the first month, massive decrease in energy in the gym, which go, that goes right there to ATP production. Libido goes to the floor. Energy, as far as in mental acuity, goes to the floor. Thirsty all the time. Constantly, basically, the kidneys are starting to have issues. And he's like, dude, I don't know what happened. I said, well, do you ever think it's that drug? He's like, yeah, but they told me I needed to go on it. I said, well, maybe it's your decision whether or not you want to go on it. I said, just because a doctor tells you to do something doesn't mean you're forced to do it. And I'm not telling you or giving you any medical advice whatsoever. But what I'm saying is at the end of the day, it's your informed consent personally, period. Every person has that right. If you don't want to take something, you don't have to take it. That's your decision. Again, I'm not telling you what to do, but do your own research because this the, the link with statins and all types of health problems, including muscle loss and issues as far as, like I said, with libido and impotency, these are all very, very common regular side effects from this drug, and people need to evaluate whether or not they really actually needed this drug or it's simply one of the number one selling pharmaceutical drugs in the world, and there's a reason why maybe doctors push it on a regular basis in order to get some kickbacks, profits, bonuses. I don't know. That's just me speculating on some cases, but we've seen repeatedly now the pharmaceutical companies incentivize doctors to push drugs and vaccines in some cases and get massive bonuses. Example, Blue Cross Blue Shield with maintaining, I think they're at 97 or 98% vaccination status with their children, the pediatric office. And the more children they have, the, the better they keep in that percentage. They continue to make more and more and more bonus tier structures. You gotta ask yourself a question. If pharmaceutical companies are incentivizing doctors through bonuses to prescribe drugs, do you think the doctors in all the cases are going to prescribe drugs for the best reason, or they're simply going to just prescribe them because they want to make more money and they want another bigger bonus at the end of the year? Just thought I would throw that question out there, but I'm going to put this article on the website. It is showing here now that, again, like I said, the mitochondrial toxins is what they're referring to as statin drugs, published in clinical pharmacology, saying it impairs muscle function in the heart and blood vessels by massively depleting coenzyme Q10. That's why the formula that we carry, the ubiquinol form, the body is able to absorb it almost immediately. That's why that formula works so good. And I always recommend anybody, especially as they start getting older, make sure you're supplementing with CoQ10 and vitamin E. Those two are crucial for cardiac function. The vitamin E helps keep the blood viscosity good. It also helps maintain healthy HDL levels in the, in the blood. And the CoQ10 massively feeds the heart and really helps out with circulation as well and energy. So be sure to stay on those products. If you have any questions or need anything, feel free to give us a call at Health Masters. But again, these statin drugs, once again, another article comes out and talks about how bad these are. How long are people going to blindly and idly take these things when all the research basically goes against it. That's just my personal opinion on that. What do you think about this with the uh, statin drugs? You know, Austin, the, the, the statin drugs, you know, when we put together Breakthrough Health, we listed the top 10 drugs never to take, and statins were number one. I don't know how to make it any more clear than that. I think we had two or three pages of just straight side effects that were caused by statin drugs. It, it's one of the most toxic chemicals ever that anybody's ever put into the body. You need to mute your microphone there, Oz. Yep, it's one of the most toxic chemicals that anybody's ever put into the human body. And, and the thing about it is it shows that if, you've been on, if you take statins for like 37 years, you literally live for like two or three days longer. That's all you live. And on top of everything else, they're incredibly poisonous. They're unbelievably bad. 
and they don't make you live any longer. And they massively decrease your lifestyle and your performance. They cause skeletal muscle necrosis. This is what causes all this muscle pain when you take it. In other words, those muscles die, and they start to rot. And then, Austin, you need to mute your microphone, please. Those, those muscles start to rot, and what ends up happening is that those muscles, as they rot, they get into the bloodstream, and then they get into the kidneys, and they plug up the kidneys. I mean, it's unreal. I remember years ago, I had a major TV evangelist. I had been on this show many, many, many times 20 years ago. And I remember we received we were marketing the Eat Drink and Be Healthy program on his on his on his you know on his on his TV show and we were marketing we were doing fundraising for him, and I remember he was having all kinds of health problems and we straightened him up. I mean he lost like 40 50 pounds went from like a a 45 inch waist down to a 34 inch waist. I mean his blood everything blood panels everything came right back on the line. He was doing great, and then his, they wanted me to start talking to his mom. And I remember his mom was having elevated cholesterol issues, and I told her, don't worry about that. It's not a big deal. And then she decided she would go on statin drugs, and I warned her and warned her and warned her not to do it, and she did. Then she went into kidney failure, and then she called me up, and she blamed me for the fact that she was in kidney failure. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I told you to eat clean and take some supplements. They have nothing to do with kidney failure. And I said, your problem is, and I warned you about this, is skeletal muscle necrosis. That's why you have such, such pain right now in your skeletal muscles. So she pitched a little fit with me, and basically I don't think I ever talked to her again. And then he ended up being on our program for two or three years, and he was doing great. Then he got off our program, and he ended up with cancer. And, of course, a lot of you know who this is now, but I'm not going to mention any names. And, and then years later, I tried to come back on his show again with Sharon, and I actually flipped there to meet with him because, you know, we had a new program that we had developed. And I remember, you know, I got the cold shoulder from him. And now here's what happened with that. You know, here's what you find out real quickly. When you start to realize who in the world's running Christian Zionist TV. You start to understand the straight street, state street, BlackRock and Vanguard that are owned by the bloodline families primarily and from the international banking cartels that are owned by the bloodline families. They control Zionism and Zionism TV. Now, I wasn't going into the whole thing with Israel and, you know, and what happened in 1967 and what happened with the Bay of Tonker, what happened with the USS Liberty. I didn't talk about any of that stuff. But what we did do is I did talk to him about the Federal Reserve Bank and who Samuel Untermeyer was and a whole bunch of other stuff. And he did a talk show on that very topic because one day we were sitting back in his ready room and he was back there and he was talking about the national debt. And he was slamming his fist down on the table and he said, I don't understand who we owe all this money to. And I said, well, that would be the international banking cartels and what they've done with the Federal Reserve Bank. He goes, what? You know the answer to that? Yeah. Well, I educated him on it. Well, he did a talk show on it and he got hammered for it. He really did, and basically pulled it down pretty quick. And then suddenly I was on there for a little while longer, and all of a sudden I was no longer on with his show, and though we had generated a lot of money for him as far as from a fundraising standpoint. Here's the irony of all of this stuff. If we don't look at who runs the planet, if we don't take a look at why they run the planet the way they do, if we don't look at how they have completely co-opted and taken over Christian TV in 95% of the cases – you know, you, you, it, it doesn't get any better. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And if you ever see a TV, even, even Pat Robertson completely capitulated. In fact, I think he was a 33-degree Mason, in my opinion. He did that Lion's Claw one time. When I think it was Time Magazine cover. He did all of that stuff and promoted Israel, promoted Zionism, promoted Israel, promoted Zionism. I mean, I quit watching the show 20 years ago because every time I'd watch it, he'd start talking about Israel and pro-Israel, 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 all the time, total Zionist. And I thought at one time I remember he was talking about the Federal Reserve Bank in, 19, in, in, this, in, this, in the 90s, and I remember he got on there and somebody had threatened to take away his 5013C profit status for reaching university because of what he was doing.
I remember all that. And suddenly he no longer talked about any of this stuff anymore. And, and I, I've seen it happen. You know, Glenn Beck started talking about when he was on with Fox. He started talking about the Federal Reserve Banks and who they were. Boom. Within a couple of weeks, he was taken off of Fox. And, and, this, and this is the interesting thing is if they're going to censor you, if you get big, they're going to do it big time. And they're going to start talking about taking away 501cc status. They're going to talk about taking and closing up your merchant accounts and closing up your bank accounts and all the rest. These are the guys that run the planet, sometimes not so subtly. But I remember, though, with that pastor, you know, he was doing great on our program, got off of it, came down with cancer, gained all that weight back. His, wife, his mom basically ended up you know, coming back to him and telling him later that I had been right about all this stuff, and he came and told me that. But the statin drugs are the single biggest heart problem in the world, period. They're mitochondrial toxins. We've talked about that for years. Mitochondria is very important because it produces the ATP, the adenosine triphosphate, part of glycolysis or the citric acid cycle, which degrades to what's called ATP, goes to ADP, and what is adenosine triphosphate? goes to adenosine diphosphate, and it's the energy cycle of the body. It's how our body creates energy. It's how our bodies stay alive. When we die, it's always the same reason. We stop producing ATP, period. That's it. Our bodies die. We just shut down. So now you have an ATP toxin that you're injecting in your body. I've had so many people that I've known. They were doing great when their cholesterol was, you know, 200. Oh, my, the doctor does, just does a flip out. He wants to start doing handstands in the office, bouncing around off the walls like a Super Bowl. You see, he just starts going berserk. He goes, you've got to get on statin drugs. No, I don't want to do that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and then they, and they also they, he badgers somebody and says, if you don't get on statin drugs, I'm going to dismiss you as a patient. My cholesterol is at, you know, 200 or 199. I don't care. We got to get you down to 100. No one ever told him that as cholesterol rates drop below 200, all disease rates go up, including cancer, which goes through the roof, and impotency, and kidney failure, and, and, and when you take the kidney, when you take these statin drugs. So to me, here's what I would do. If my cholesterol is under 250, I wouldn't even care. Whatever. Who cares? If my cholesterol is over 300, I think, ah, whatever. I probably need to go ahead and cut back on some of my saturated fats. I probably need to drink more water. I need to make sure I don't drink any or eat any trans fats whatsoever, like margarine or Crisco. Stay away from soybean oil. Stay away from corn oil. Stay away from vegetable oil. Stay away from all that stuff, those omega-6 oils. Don't eat any of those. Just stay with butter. Stay with olive oil. You know, stay with, uh, you know, you know uh, grapeseed oil. You, you can stay with avocado oil. But avoid the other ones, period. And just chill out and drink more water, and you'll be amazed at what it does. And take some cod liver oil and take some vitamin E and, 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 and. The same thing we do as far as the healthy heart program that's available on, on healthmasters.com. That's what I would do. But I sure in the heck wouldn't go on statin drugs. It's the number one drug I tell people not to take in breakthrough health. Number one, it's one of the worst products I've ever seen, and I have, I have hammered it for 25, 30 years. It doesn't make a bit of difference because people don't want to listen because they're going to listen to their doctor because he's got his little lab coat on, which is his priestly garment. He's got his little stethoscope hanging around his neck, and that's his crucifix. And he walks into the office like, I'm a minister of God. You know, and I think, well, gosh, Ted, you're blaspheming. No, I'm not blaspheming. Read the book Confessions of a Medical Heretic by Dr. Mendelssohn. They have taken this symbolism from the church, and they've given it to the doggone doctors with the priestly gowns, and the crucifix around their neck being their stethoscope. And they've conditioned human beings into believing the lie. And these doctors are being trained by the pharmaceutical companies on their continuing education on the efficacy of the drugs and how they can ameliorate symptoms. And they're never given any type of alternative 
protocols to use. So the doctors have been brainwashed. And, and, the, big, and the biggest problem I have with these medical doctors, because, you know, they're, 10% of them are great. They are. They're absolutely amazing, and they don't fall into this pigeonhole I'm fixing to describe right now. 10% of them think outside of the box. 10% of them, they see, well, if you inject this child with MMR shots at 18 months, uh, there's a high probability this child's going to come down with autism. And they think through it, and they go, maybe I don't need to be doing this anymore. Whoa. Because I've seen this happen over and over again, and there's some kind of – I know it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, a, you know, it's not a double-blind clinical study. I know that, but I'm, I'm seeing these kids' lights go out. So I'm, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I'm going to advise these parents not to do this. Yo, but then the ones now, let's get to pediatricians that are hardcore vaccine advocates. It doesn't matter. We have to sacrifice some of these children in order for the other kids to be safe. So if we sacrifice some of them to autism, it's okay. I've heard them say that, period. And I remember one guy, I remember he was basically uh, looking at body counts all the time and how many people he was able to turn off restaurants. No, I'm not going to go into this. this. These guys are just absolutely, some of them are completely and totally just given over to Satan. They're no longer medicine, med- med- medical doctors that are med- you know, med- practicing some medicine trying to help people. They're butchers, period. They do cancer surgery when people don't have cancer. They, 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 do, they do cardiac bypass surgery when people don't have plugged up arteries because they need to make their monthly – Payments to their like X three wives and X three homes and X three different children from X different wives. I, just I'm telling you guys, that's why the average life expectancy for a medical doctor is usually in the 50s. I think it was 52 or 54 years ago when that statistic came out. Now whether that's changed or not, I don't know. But the point is this: don't trust them. Period. Unless you know them. There's one doctor over there in, in, in Lakeland. She's a complete and total moron. She's an idiot. She directed the men and my daughter-in-law. Because she's having morning sickness, go on psychiatric drugs. I mean, just like you can't make this stuff up. She was running around in her office wearing three masks and a shield and all kinds of crazy crap during COVID, had gloves up to her shoulders. I mean, it was this insane looking woman. She was, you know, trained in a different country, but she's a weirdo. Yeah, I would never ever go into her office again. And, and, and so you see these things and you say, well, how did that happen? Well, here's why a lot of these guys know how to memorize. They're good at it. So they're good at taking standardized exams. And so they take these tests, but they can't think outside of the box. They can only think what they're being told is true, but they don't have concrete rational thought to a level where they can go outside of the box and say, hmm, I wonder if I could do it this way. I wonder if I could do it that way. I knew another medical doctor. He died when he was 52 years old. A good guy, good friend. And I remember he told me he thought they were going to kill him. That's what he told me, that they were going to kill him. And he basically he died just a few months after he told me that because he was using alternative treatments for cancer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and for autism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he died very, very young. I've seen that too. You think, well, you think they murdered him? I have no idea. I'm not making that speculation. I'm just telling you what he told me. But the, but the point is this. How in the world did we get so screwed up in the United States? And it's because of the Rockefeller-Rothschild medical complex that was started 100 years ago when they tried to put naturopathic physicians and chiropractors and osteopaths out of business because they weren't going out and promoting and pushing all the drugs and the pharmaceutical chemical drugs that were being manufactured by the petrochemical companies like Standard Oil in order to make more profits. They didn't care about correcting problems and curing people. It was all about keeping things going for a long time. For years, I had an article from the Financial Times, and it said they were looking for a cancer drug that would be like insulin for a diabetic, that the cancer drug would have to use, the person would have to use a cancer drug for years, if not decades, so they can increase the, the, the profit for the, for the companies. It had nothing to do with curing the cancer. 
It was keeping you sick with cancer for 20 or 30 years so they could reap fortune from you and have you be so scared that you're going to die of cancer. Let me say something to you guys, and this is really important. You know, I understand that cancer is scary. I got that. You know, I've worked with a lot of cancer patients over the years when I had the clinic 30, 40 years ago. I've done a lot of that, and I understand it's scary, and I know sometimes people don't live through it. I got that too. But before you start any cancer protocol, don't allow yourself to get caught up in fear. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in anything that has to do with fear. Find out exactly what the alternatives are. Find what alternative treatment protocols are. Even down in Mexico, if you need to go down there to get that done. Find out exactly what you want to have done and what you're willing to accept and not accept. If you know that lung cancer has a very high mortality rate, even using chemotherapy, I think it's over 90%, maybe 97%. Same thing with pancreatic cancer. Then you've got to think through this. If you've got a 97% chance of dying of cancer, if you do the medical protocol, why would you even start that? That's like having 100 light switches on the wall. And you're going to flip, start flipping switches, and only three of them are going to get you out of that mess. I mean, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. I think it would be better off to have a really good relationship with Jesus, who is the author and the finisher and the protector of our faith, and not to walk in fear. I remember I had a good friend of mine. She was a neighbor years ago. Her name was Gertie, and she came down with lung cancer. And she just said, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to get my affairs in order. Now, she didn't do the chemo. She didn't do the radiation. She didn't do anything because she knew they wouldn't work. I got to give her. I got to give Gertie credit because she went out with her boots on. Good woman, good. And her husband name was Warren. But they were great people, great people. But am I saying that that's what you should do? No, I'm not saying that either. I'm saying that alternative treatment programs are always available for you. But I wouldn't start off with one that's going to cause all kinds of horrible problems and damage your liver. I personally wouldn't do that. That's my opinion. I would try to find some other protocol to start with that perhaps could work. You know, you go down contact some of the cancer clinics down in Mexico. And find out what they do and how they work together with people. It's so important to understand this because, guys, listen to me. And look at the reviews for these clinics, too. Look at the reviews. If the 97% of the reviews are negative, I wouldn't go there. Just stay away from that place. But remember, all of these protocols that people are being put on, including the statin drugs and the high blood pressure medicines, there's all kinds of natural things that you can do in most cases to maintain healthy blood pressure, to maintain healthy cardiac function. And by all means, if you've got any type of cardiac event or problems, take coenzyme Q10. I know it's expensive. I got all that. Even if you just take one a day. And, and I'll be honest with you guys. If you're on a cardiac, if you're, you're on a, you know, a mitochondrial cardiac killer like, like a statin drug, if your doctor won't take you off of that and you don't want to do it yourself without having some type of medical supervision, I would find a doctor who will take you off of that junk. That's what I would do. I'd change physicians. If, if I had any physician ever recommend to me a COVID shot or basically, you know, taking statin drugs, I would find another physician, period. I, I won't I, – I wouldn't put up with it because all you're doing is asking for yourself to have a really, really, really big problem long-term-wise. By the way, another study just came out, and this is a very interesting study because it says there is now – they're proving and looking at it mysterious link between owning cats and schizophrenia, and they say it's very, very real, the study says. A news review suggested having a cat as a pet could potentially double a person's risk of schizophrenic-related orders. Australia's researchers conducted analysis of 17 studies published during the last 44 years from 11 countries, the U.S. and the U.K. We found an association between broadly defined cat ownership and increased odds of developing schizophrenia-related orders, writes psychiatrist John McGrath and fellow researchers, all from the Queensland Center for the Mental Health Research. The idea that cat ownership could be linked to schizophrenia risk was proposed in a 1995 study with exposure to a parasite called Toxoplasmy gondii, suggested as a cause. But the research so far has put out mixed conclusions. 
studies have found that during then it starts talking about all the different types of what could happen. It says this can affect people's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, psychotic like experiences. And they and they went on of all of this stuff. They said that it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a parasite can be transmitted through undercooked meat or contaminated water or through the feces of a cat or from the bite of a cat. And it says that it could be up to forty million people in the U.S. may be infected. Once these parasites affect our bodies, the Tigani can infiltrate the central nervous system and influence neurotransmitters. The parasite has been linked to personality changes, the emergence of psychotic symptoms, and some neurological disorders, including schizophrenia. Think about this for a second. Now, I'm not telling you to go get rid of your cats. Not doing that, okay, because a lot of you are really hooked on cats. Got it, all right? Sometimes pets are really, really nice. But think through this for a second. The the cat has parasites in 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 its feces. You know that. The cat licks its rectum. The parasites are now on the cat's tongue. Okay, the cat gets on your furniture. All of this stuff can get spread onto carpets and onto couches, onto everything with these inside pets. Just, just I'm just painting a picture here for you. And what it does, and it's been shown to do this: when a rat eats cat feces, it loses its sphere of cats and it starts to crave the smell of cat urine. And the cats can then catch the mice and eat them. The same thing happens with these ladies that have all these cats in their houses. In many cases, the urea smell is so strong that you can't even walk in, but they don't seem to mind it or they don't smell it anymore. Does that mean that cat parasite has gotten into that woman's brain and is doing the same thing it does to mice? In my opinion, the answer is yes. You always hear the term crazy cat ladies. Now, don't get all – don't get all. excuse my language. Don't get all pissy pants with me right now, all right? Don't do that. Think through what you're doing. You've got an animal that some people say can transmit up to 60 parasites into your body from a cat. Now, whether it's 60 or not, I don't know. I haven't counted them all. But the reality is this. Be very careful with cats and make sure you go on a parasite cleanse like every 90 days to make sure if you get parasites in your body, you get them out of your body. It's really important. Now, one more statement I'm going to make. I read one article. I can't substantiate it. This is rumor. Whether it's true or not. I don't know. I don't usually dwell on rumors like this, but it makes sense. A lot of people say that ivermectin will kill toxoplasmosis and will kill this cat brain parasite. If that's true, is that the main reason they did not want us going on ivermectin or one of the reasons they did not want us going on ivermectin during the COVID thing? Because we should know that ivermectin was a legitimate protocol for COVID. Just asking that question. And the study that I'm talking about in general that basically may or may not be true said that it may also affect guys that are gay who have cats and that the toxoplasmosis could be causing that behavior as far as the gay behavioral lifestyle. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. All I know is all hell broke loose in the United States when ivermectin was going to be basically prescribed to the entire country. Wow, think about that. Now, you know, same thing, now same thing with dogs. Now, dogs aren't nearly as bad because they don't have these, these other kind of stuff. But think through. Do you really want a dog on the bed with you? I think I might as well make everybody mad today so we just talk about it. Do you really want a dog on the bed with you? Do you really want a dog on the couch with you? Do you really want a dog who licks his own rectum, you know, messing around, you know, in the house all the time? Think through this and make sure you go through parasite cleansing program protocols like we have at Health Masters. Really important. But always remember, I'm not opposed to animals at all. I am not. I mean, if I've had dogs, and you know, I remember when we first got married to Sharon, she wanted to have a dog in the house, which I had never had in my entire life, and it was a big mess. And finally, she even said, let's not do this with the house anymore. I said, okay, so we had a dog outside. That was fine. We've never had an inside cat as far as our entire life together, me and Sharon, you know, in my entire life. I don't do that. Now, the cats are outside because they're good mice killers. So they let you catch rats, and I'm okay with that. 
but 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 all of these things, farm animals, goats, sheep, all of them. You know, when you we used to have it at the Biltmore State up in North Carolina, you'd go to like a little petting zoo, and they'd have a hand washing station for you there, and they'd tell you, make sure you wash your hands after you handle these animals. Anytime you're with any other animal, as far as you know, that we don't know really know what they are, as far as what the parasites they may have, make sure you wash your hands. It's really, really, really important. Now, personal experiences. Here's it goes. This will probably you know get some people a little frosty with me, but I get just here. Here's how it works. I have seen a lot of ladies, you know, over the years when I was in college that had cats. And the vast majority of the time, these people had issues from a personality standpoint. Now, whether it was the toxoplasmi or whether it was just they had issues, I don't know. But the reality is, is that, you know, we're doing the best we possibly can to not have schizophrenia here. And so always remember all of that stuff. By the way, several transgender teachers now are suing Florida over the pronoun law. You think, well, you, you're joking, right? No. Two teachers in Florida and one former educator filed a lawsuit against the State Department of Education on Wednesday challenging a new law restricting transgender teachers from using pronouns that match their pretend identities. I'm not going to read the rest of this stuff because it nauseates me too much, but I tell you what, how in the world did we get into a position where a guy walks up in front of a classroom and now he's dressed like a woman and he's wearing fake, you know, breasts or whatever he's got on, and he's telling the kids now, who obviously know because he's got a beard, that he's a guy, you have to pronounce, you have to talk to me as she and ma'am, and you can't say I'm a he and a guy anymore. I mean, what the, what is that doing to children? I mean, how in the world are we supposed to justify any of this strange behavior in a world that's gone mad? I'm serious about this, guys. What a mess. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Oh, yes. That's what I've talked about in detail. It's the the subversion of morals and ethics and reality. It's the concept of bringing in this whole other construct of perversion and, you know, this fantasy world and telling these children at this very young age that this is normal. This is okay. This is great. It's grand. It's wonderful. You need to embrace it. The problem with it is kids at that age group, they don't have a filter. They don't have a filter in or out. Whatever you tell them, it, that's what they believe from an authority figure. Then they say whatever they basically learned. And that's why it's so important to be very cautious with young kids at the early age, what they're exposed to, who they're around, what they're learning. And uh, it's an important thing to understand here. What's interesting as well, I was looking earlier about the um, – I was doing an article, and it was talking – another article came out again about the major manufacturers are warning against global shortage of gunpowder setting, setting to – make ammo prices on fire. Now, what's ironic about this is Dad and I talked about this detail last week as far as manufacturing of actual gunpowder, and it's been something that's gone around for hundreds and hundreds of years. This isn't a new concept on how to make powder, and in my opinion and what I've seen repeatedly, there is no shortage of global gunpowder unless manufacturers or suppliers that are owned by State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard want there to be a gunpowder shortage. Shorting the market on ammunition, they already know what they're going to do. They've probably already bet long on a lot of these ammo prices from manufacturers from Winchester, from the Lake City plant and all this stuff. They know what's going to happen with these prices. They probably bought in really, really cheap. I remember years ago, I had a buddy of mine. He was doing some contract work, and he told us, yeah, we had the option because Lake City canceled a contract 
for 50 BMG belted ammunition. And so just from a, an investment standpoint, I called him. I was like, dude, what are they, what are they running for this stuff? And he's like, well, Lake City's dumping them because the government canceled the contract. So it was like $250 for 100 rounds of 50 BMG linked belted for M2HBs. And I was like, okay. So me and a couple of buddies, we talked about it. We looked at them and picked up a couple from an investment standpoint. Now, sure enough, you look at that ammunition online, it's six, $700 per can for that exact same ammunition. So I've always told people before, ammunition, gold, silver, guns, they're all sound investments as long as you get into them correctly at the correct price because they do nothing but continue to appreciate over time. And that's something you got to look at from a true in-your-hand commodity item investment. You know, a lot of people get stuff, you know, with 401ks and with different types of funds and stock market. And that's totally cool if that's what you are involved in and you know what you're doing. Or I'm not giving you financial advice. You got somebody helping you with it. That's There's all kinds of crazy stuff you can do in the world as far as investments and making money. However, at the end of the day, I've always been one that at least likes to have some of that background, something you can have in your hand. Because quite frankly, if they really do intentionally short the market on powder right now and you start seeing five, five, six ammunition, dollar, dollar fifty, two, three dollars around, that's going to be a serious problem for a lot of people that still want to train and operate, much less – you know, continually stay stocked up on ammunition. So just something to be aware of. Again, I don't think there's a shortage of powder. I think there's a manufactured shortage of powder on purpose to try to basically short the ammo market from the civilian market. Because, of course, you already know, they're not going to run out of ammunition for Ukraine and for Israel and for all of our other Middle Eastern conflicts and Yemen that we're funding on a regular basis. They're not going to run out of ammunition for them. And isn't it funny? We at a point in time in 2023 where manufacturing processes are so swift. The efficiency that we have with machinery now is amazing. The ability to transport goods and services is top tier in most cases, especially now, obviously, post-COVID. We're not in that weird time anymore. Being able to do all these things has become much more efficient, much easier, much more streamlined, and much more cost-effective. Yet suddenly, one of the most basic items in recorded history over the last hundreds of years, suddenly we're having a shortage of in 2023 – yeah, okay. I don't even believe they believe that. But again, that's the story. That's the narrative. That's what they want everybody to think. And that's why I've continually told everybody food and ammo and water backup, that's always crucial. That's why we always keep the organic food buckets on stock in the back. I have random customers coming all the time like, hey, I'm just I'm coming in this month and buy one more bucket of organic food buckets, you know, and I'll have a couple at the house. I'm like, okay, go grab one in the back. We'll ring it up. Because again, it's always good to hedge your bet and have something as far as making sure you're maintaining Whatever you need in the event that there's an emergency, you're not scrambling to try to find stuff. You've got your supplies here. You've got this here. You've got this here lined up. You go, okay, I'm here. What's going on? Make sure the family's together. Everybody's going to stay safe. Friends and family in the area, in the neighborhood, we're going to band together, and we're going to handle this and figure out where we're going to go from here. Always a good feeling to have, especially when something happens. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. I saw this article here now, and you know the the green energy lie is becoming so obnoxious now and so insulting. I can't even take it seriously in some cases. And there's some articles that I read occasionally where I don't think they're real. I'm like, this has got to be fake news. This got to be fake news. This can't be real. This can't actually be happening in the United States. And sure enough, I found one this morning, and I verified it, and it is real. At Democratic lawmakers in Washington State, surprise, surprise, are now wanting to jail residents 
for using any type of gas-powered landscape tools, such as leaf blowers or edgers or weed whackers. State representatives have filed pre-filed legislation that would radically alter the state's Clean Air Act, who reports that HB 1868 would ban all gasoline-powered and diesel-powered landscaping and other outdoor-powered equipment for contributing to climate change. I can't make this up. The bill contains a laundry list of unintended health consequences tied to the tools. This The bill gets to, to the ban by empowering the Department of Ecology to adopt rules to prohibit engine exhaust and evaporative emissions from any outdoor power equipment by 2026, January 1st. If the state determines it's feasible to do so earlier, it shall. Washington's are expected to upgrade their equipment to zero emission alternatives. Government work, however, is partially exempt. Of course it is. To make the transition more palatable, the zero emission alternatives would not be subject to a sales tax. Oh, that's so nice of them. That's so nice of them. They're exempting the electric crap from any type of sales tax. Oh, so nice of them. Uh, How did us peasants get so lucky over in Washington State? You will not have sales tax on your EV garbage. What's ironic about this, and I was reading more and more into it, and how it's continually going, and I thought to myself, you know, a lot of power equipment already has a lot of issues with batteries. That's the only way. I mean, you got an electric weed whacker. And you're in commercial settings. I've used some of that electric stuff before. It doesn't have any significant life on it. The blowers can't do anything significant, the electric ones. If you, if you're, I've done landscaping. I've done yard work my whole, whole life growing up, mowing yards, you know, hedges, weed whacking, the whole nine yards. I've done it for years. I've never been able to use an electric blower with any type of significant power when you're doing commercial landscape, period. You get a little handheld leaf blower with a battery packing. Me. You got to hold it like six inches off the ground and blow in the grass like you know a foot at a time. I mean, how do you how do you do that in a commercial driveway? You know, okay, good luck with that. Well, again, this is all about controlling what people can and can't do and telling them that you have to do something even though you don't want to, even though it doesn't make any sense, even though there's no logical reason, even though it's slowing everything down you're trying to do from an economic standpoint and from a financial standpoint. Because remember. Landscape, when you've got a landscape company, everything is about how many yards you can knock out per day, period. That's why you're up before the sun gets up. You run as many yards as you can. That's how you get paid, essentially, to get in as many contracts as you can, as many yards, as many commercial contracts. So if you're sitting there now, this can take you an extra two to three hours to finish the job because you've got to keep battery packs all charged on the bed of your truck through plug-ins or converters. you got to constantly go back and swap the battery packs. Your efficiency with the blowers is massively decreased. You can't get anything done. But yet again – Washington State, you've got these clowns that are pushing this agenda. They don't care about reality because, remember, these politicians that are pushing this, most of them are doing the bidding of who's above them, like the World Economic Forum. And they don't live in reality. All these politicians have security detail. They have drivers. They don't live in any normal world that everybody else lives in. And that's one of the key problems that we've ran into in this current republic. If you look back at historical documents and you look back at the original – you know conception of the United States and the Bill of Rights and what happened in the early 1800s and phasing into and constant conflicts that we constantly had is you will find very clearly that the individuals that our representatives were, the founding fathers, all the guys that continue to roll through, it was a more of a burden to be a politician. It wasn't something that everybody like was excited to do. They were career 
politicians. That's why there were no term limits. Nobody wanted to do that for 30 or 40 years. It was a giant fiasco because all you're constantly dealing with was your constituents and your districts, constantly dealing with everybody fussing at you, trying to figure out the best way to get everything done and get everything together as a constitutional republic. Then you're riding on horseback or wagons to the Capitol all the time to vote and convene and do all this stuff back and forth, back and forth, and the pay was like virtually nothing. It wasn't fun. It wasn't glamorous. Nobody was excited about doing it. It was your duty. You did it to represent the people. So it was a government by the people for the people. The issue that happened was when you started getting the little banker boys, especially in a lot of the northern states and all these politicians basically started realizing they could start making a lot of money voting for what other groups wanted to vote for. They started realizing they could vote their own pay raise up. They started realizing they could start doing insider trading without any type of blowback. They started realizing they could become insanely wealthy by being career politicians. Then you ran into the issue because then you started to deal with people that were not there for the people, by the people, but they were for their own corrupt, greedy interests. And they wanted to push the agenda to make as much money as they could off the back of the people in the republic. That's when it got compromised, and the problem with that is you have a very difficult time trying to maintain a republic for that exact stance because it's designed to be self-governing. The people are essentially there to govern themselves, and when you start realizing you start having dictators and tyrannical individuals that want to get in these positions, they start realizing that they can start overlording over individuals and pushing agendas, and in most cases, a lot of people don't even realize it because it's like an unseen hand. Just something I thought I would throw out there. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. They're saying now that essentially the Fed's won't call to surrender to inflation. They're claiming victory, but surrender is the effect of the po- policy trajectory laid out by the Federal Open Market Committee on its December meeting. As expected, they held rates steady at the December meeting, expecting the rate hike pause in its fourth month. But during the press conference, Powell confirmed that the recent rate hike pause was actually the end of tightening, saying it is not likely the central bank will hike rates again. While participants do not view it as likely to be appropriate to raise interest rates further, neither do they want to take the possibility off the table. This is all, again, financial theater that we've talked about. The interest rates right now, in some cases, are just absolutely insane with how much they're putting them over market and what they're doing as far as the automotive industry and the mortgage industry and the housing industry right now, trying to cool the inflation down, as they talk about, that they directly created. Here's the ironic part, when you've got to always ask the question and realize that these people aren't idiots. They know how to run the financial market and they know how to manipulate the financial market. Nobody who has any type of even minor background in economic understanding and financial matters can sit there and say, we're going to dump $7 trillion in cash into the market through stimulus bills during COVID to make sure everything you know stays afloat during this pandemic. And then suddenly when inflation explodes through the roof because of how much money was injected in the market and printed, they suddenly go, whoopsie, how did that happen? Why did inflation go up so high? Oh, man, I guess we got to raise interest rates. I don't know what else to do. We never, we never anticipated this. That is seriously one of the most insulting things I ever heard from them when they started doing that crap two years ago. And again, understand the financial markets are there to manipulate and steal from everyone. That's why they call it money magic back in the day. They have unjust scales in the temple when Jesus got so mad. These guys that are in the financial market don't know how to actually produce anything and maintain manufacturing costs and inventory carrying costs and margins. All they know how to do 
is make money by essentially stealing it from one another through usury and what they've done now. The credit cards up to 30 percent interest and the student loans the kids can't bankrupt and they continually go up in interest and fees and defaults and all this stuff. That's all they know how to do is continually rob and pillage through money magic. That's why it's so important to make sure you're making good financial decisions doing the best you can to maintain liquidity in whatever market you're in right now and doing the best you can to make good decisions as far as if you're making a big purchase and what you're getting involved in. Not giving financial advice, just something I thought I would throw out there. What do you think, Dad, on this topic? You know, Austin, the whole thing about it is is that, you know, the money, the money magic guys, you know, the stock market, when somebody makes money, somebody else loses money. It's just up and down. It's just a, it's just a racket. It's completely and totally just staged. It's like legalized gambling, honestly. And, you know, when people make money, they lose money. They got shorts, they got longs. They got all this other crazy stuff going on all the time. And, and the crazy part about it is when you've got circular ownership for BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, they just buy each other's stuff. And so they own 90% of the market now between the three of them. And so that's how the market's being held up. It's being held up artificially by these three guys buying their own stuff all the time. And, you know, it's just, it's just like you said, it's money magic. It's just all they're doing is manipulating everybody. Now, a lot of you say, well, we don't care as long as our, 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 our 501k stays good strong. Okay, whatever. I'm happy that a lot of you guys are still done real well in the markets. Yeah, I, I pulled out of the equity stuff years ago when I had enough of it after 2008. I wasn't going to mess with it anymore. People say, well, you should have stayed in it. Well, yeah, you know, I probably should have from a financial standpoint, but I don't need the stress. I don't need stuff going up and down, up and down, up and down. The only people who make money on this whole deal is the guys are these financial planners. That's why I don't trust most of them anymore. Uh, they, they, you know, you, when you sell, they make money. When you buy, they make money. They get paid commissions on and on and on. The, the, the you know, it just rolls. And you see all of this stuff, and you kind of shake your head. You go, wow, this is crazy, but this is how it works. And, and that's why, to me, I've got some good financial planners that I know. There are. But it goes back to that 90% thing again. 90% of them only care about themselves. They only care, the only reason they get into that profession is to make money and to make large salaries. That's it. They don't care in most cases – if their clients make money or don't make money, as long as they're making money going in, going, they're making money going out. And I've seen that attitude repeatedly from these guys. So be very careful again when you hire financial planners. And by the way, this is, a, this is an interesting thing. It's sad. Video shows a gospel singer, Pedro Henrik, died at 30 after collapsing on stage. Again, I personally think this is another shot victim. We're seeing more and more and more of this stuff because we talked about this in depth the other day when we talked about the heart and the damage to the heart from the spike proteins. And now also because of being forced to take vaccines, in my opinion, we're having the largest RN nursing exodus in the history of the world in 40 years. Wow. Behind the biggest nursing exodus in 40 years, a 40-year record high of 100,000 nurses left their jobs in 2021, according to a study published in the Health Affairs Forefront in April 2022. The study noted that the existing nurses were primarily younger rather than the expected age group of above 50. In other words, they were younger nurses. A lot of them refused to get the shots. A sustained reduction in the number of younger age nurses would raise ominous implications for future workforce. A report by the American Association of College of Nurses published in October 2022 blames the loss of general trends such as retirement, a lack of education, which I don't understand, and training for replacements, that's true, and a rapid growth of an aging population. Several nurses spoke to the Epic Times also blamed the exodus on the corporatization of healthcare and the vaccine mandates imposed on nurses. The nursing shortage had been long a problem before COVID-19 when hospitals began operating like corporations instead of a refuge for the sick. Nurses became disillusioned with the occupation, and they told the Epic Times then the pandemic came and a slew of more requirements. Not only were nurses having to take on a huge load of patients, but they were also being told to do things they didn't feel right about, Ms. Rick said. 
They were being told they had to be vaccinated or they'd lose their job. They were being forced to give patients, yeah, remdesivir, I guess, their wishes. The vaccine mandate was a straw that broke the camel's back, Ms. Rick says. It made nurses quit or retire in droves. And now we see a lot of hospitals are actually paying for girls to go to nursing school as if they'll give them two or three years of activity, of, of nursing, after they get out of college. I'm telling you, this was happening. And a lot of the nurses are so burned out because they say the other nurses are unbelievably mean and the doctors scream and yell all the time. And, you know, medical doctors are like that. They've done, they would, people have done for decades, you know, for, for hundred years that a lot of medical doctors will treat nurses like dirt. And it's sad because I've seen it just screaming and yelling, screaming and yelling and screaming and yelling. And it's sad that that's happened. It really, really is. And by the way, this is an interesting opinion from WJS, WSJ. And it says what, what universities have done to themselves. They have gone from being centers of excellence to institutions pushing political agendas. It's, isn't that the truth? And, and now we're starting to realize that a lot of these political agendas are not in the best interest of the United States of America. And as we've mentioned on the show so many times, it's part of cultural Marxism and the Frankfurt School and how they've infiltrated the university systems for complete destruction. Clearly, the complete destruction of the United States. And, of course, a lot of people now are saying that, you know, that people are going to gyms more as far as how they're going to uh, feel better. And their fitness centers are now getting into anti-aging with IV drips with vitamins, IV drips with vitamin C and peptide injections and infrared saunas. And a lot of gyms now are catching on to this capital. This, a lot of baby boomers simply don't want to age so fast. And younger people starting to realize that they don't want to age the way their parents aged. I'm going to repeat that because I'm going kind of fast right now. I'm going to slow down and recenter this. Younger people have learned that they don't want to die in their 40s and 50s like their parents are doing. Younger people are realizing that the lifestyle choices that their parents have made in many cases are not conducive to long health or good life. Younger people are waking up and saying, mom and dad worked their whole lives for what? For stuff. And now all of a sudden, mom and dad are unbelievably sick in their 40s, unbelievably sick in their 50s, dead in their 60s, dead in their 50s. And we don't want to live like this. Why in the world are we going to go out and work 100-hour work weeks? And I'm going to stop for one second because, you know, I've quoted you many, many times the plaque that I have in my bathroom that says, Zwei Leben stutzen brechen nie, Gebet und Arbeit heißen sie. There's two fundamental principles of life that can never be broken, prayer and work. Now, give you some personal background on me here. Back, you know, I started Health Masters. I was working 100-hour work weeks. When I was 27 years old, I came down with heart disease. I almost died from it. I was in bed for months. And finally, I realized that prayer was great and work is great, but you got to buffer it. It can't be so you're going to kill yourself doing it. And I finally began to realize it's not by power. It's not by might. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And if we understand that, we start to realize, and I mentioned this the other day, I talked about, you know, you know, what we have to do as far as it's, it's I'm, I'm trying not to preach too much on this, this, this. The Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the fruit of the land, but we have to be willing. We have to be obedient, being obedient, but being angry about being obedient doesn't work. Life is great if you allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. But if you try to do things on your own and make the same mistakes repeatedly, it only creates chaos and confusion. That's why you need to stay away from negative influences. It's so important. And I mentioned that, and I had got a lot of comments on this one. I mentioned it again. By the way, I'm all caught up on my emails now if you want to email me. That's why 
women are, are right brain, men are left brain. Together, a man and woman together, when they come together, can create a complete brain as far as keeping things in balance. Basically, if you choose well, a man and a woman can have the ability to have an incredible life. But the choice you make is everything. And so, you know, here's the thing. Do you really need to have a new car every year? Do you really need to have a house that you can barely make the payments for? Do you really need to go out and buy new stuff and keep your credit cards maxed out every single month? I'm, I'm asking questions now. Now, a lot of you can afford that. Whatever you want to do is fine with me on that kind of stuff. But don't put yourself into debt. Don't get yourself into an unequally yoked situation in which you're a Christian and you're single and now you're dating some heathen. I'm going to repeat that. If you're a Christian, don't start dating some heathen. And ladies, if you're a Christian woman and you find a Christian guy, he doesn't have to be perfect. And men, if you're a Christian and you find a Christian woman, she doesn't have to be perfect. You can work together to create a better, you know, how should I say, relationship if you guys choose to do that. But the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, nowadays with cultural Marxism and with feminism, it's destroyed the men and it's destroyed the women as far as from a dating standpoint and a dating pool. I remember years ago when Sharon was still alive, people would contact me and say, you know, I'm having a hard time dating. I'm having a hard time finding somebody. And my response was always I'd give them some advice and whatever to do. And now I realize after being in this dating pool for a year and a half that it's a situation that's systemic throughout the entire United States. We have to go back to being conservative Christians. We have to go back to realizing that, you know, we don't have to work 100-hour work weeks and kill ourselves for more stuff so we can buy a storage facility or rent a storage facility to put our stuff in a storage facility. We don't have to go 90 hours a week and go, 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 go to be entertained. We don't have to do all of that stuff. We've got to realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but we need to put Jesus first in our lives and everything that we do. Because if we do it that way, everything gets in the balance. And that's what we have to talk about here on the show so many times is balance. The peace that passes all understanding when we keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that's balance. You know, I see so many ladies, they make all these bad choices and all these, so many guys, they make all these bad choices. And they suddenly they realize that my life is not going the way I want it to go. Suddenly, it's not, it's not, I'm not where I want to be. Guys, if you're not where you want to be, there's a high probability you need to hit the brakes and make a U-turn if you can, as long as you're not on interstate. <laughs> just take the exit ramp and, and, and just say, okay, I got to ease out of the situation that I'm in. Really, really important. Always keep your hearts and minds in Christ. Also, what do you think, buddy, and finish up today's show? Yeah, you're spot on with that. Yeah, please don't do that on the interstate. Some people like to do that here in Florida, and it's getting annoying. Too many accidents everywhere and all the construction. <laughs> so, yes, take the exit ramp. And you're exactly right about that. Making sure you're looking kind of at decisions beforehand and doing the best you can to evaluate what you want to do. One last story, which continually goes on the fact of what I've talked about with the electrical grid, New York City to fire New York City Fire Department has been forced to save dozens of people from elevators and commuters from the subway after a fault at the Con Edison plant in Brooklyn caused massive power outages. Black smoke was seen coming from the power facility in Brooklyn last night, and momentary power outages followed with light flickerings for a few seconds, along with numerous people being trapped in elevators and subways. Now, the thing about this is, you know, I've always said this before. If you are on going up an elevator and it's a couple floors, I personally like to take stairs. I like the cardio. I like the exercise. Now, obviously, if you're on the 30th or 40th floor, that's not that conducive. But elevators have always creeped me out. I got stuck on an elevator one time years and years ago, and it's a uh, it's not a cool feeling. I'll be honest with you on that right now. But again, it shows you how maxed out the grid is as they're trying to say it was a you know an issue with an explosion at the plant. These electrical grids that we're dealing with all across the country now. 
they're getting maxed out massively. One of the huge contributing factors of them is the electric vehicles because these systems take so much power with their power converters and their plug-ins to try to juice these batteries up. And the systems were never designed to handle this type of load when they put electrical grids in and they put these power plants in, especially when you're dealing with more and more and more infrastructure buildup. Like down here in Florida, you know, the but nobody's asking about it. Another 40,000 apartments they're putting in Orlando next year now that they've already approved and permitted the massive amounts of houses that they're putting in all these rural areas they're having to put in. I mean, everywhere I go now, all around the place, especially in central Florida, you're seeing all these big giant lines getting put in now. It's giant power lines, big old upgraded ones all over the place because I have to continually push the system further and further and further to feed all these people's houses. Then what comes next over the next five to 10 years? Now more houses continue to be built, more electric cars go on the market, and these systems were not designed to handle this. And essentially, is being planned, in my opinion, because they want to be able to use that as an excuse now. Oh, it's climate change. The power grid's collapsing because of climate change. Everybody needs to drive more electric cars. Don't go outside. Don't turn your heater on. Don't turn your AC on. Eat crickets and be happy. That's pretty much their overall goal. So use wisdom, my friends. Get the truth out there. Stay strong. Eat healthy. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us this weekend. I hope you guys have a fantastic time. Friends, family, whatever you're involved in, stay safe. And if you need anything, be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com. Our muscle blast formula on sale for over 10% off right now. Great formula for exercising. It'll be on sale for till next week. And be sure to vote for what you want to see win next week. I think the magnesium brain food is absolutely tearing it up right now. And we also, too, have the maximum energy kit on sale. This is a really popular one that helps out with energy, that helps out with anxiety, can help out with focus. It's the B-Complex Ultimate Multiple Adrenal Support and Cortisol Buster on sale right now for over 10% off on the website. So be sure to check that out. This is a really, really effective stack for a really good price that really has great effects on it. So you guys have a fantastic weekend. And I'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.